You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. But you know what? It is true. If there was, if there was one uh, sports streaming service, I was, I would actually still purchase. It would be the MLB one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got ESPN Plus. I've got mm-hmm. Peacock. I've got Paramount. Mm-hmm. I have Paramount for now. We'll see. <laughs> for now. Oh, gotcha. No hitter. Yay. I didn't spoil it. Holly Springs own Carlos Rodon. <laughs> I can hear them going yeah, crazy. He's from, right down, he's, he's from right down the street, Ed. Yeah, I was about to say, I can hear them going crazy right up the road now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, good for Rodon. Rodon, yeah, Rodon was a hell of a pitcher in the state. Yeah, I don't. When was he there? He was there like what three, four years ago. Oh, he's older than that, man. He's probably like God. I bet he's like close to Brian Goodwin's age. Uh, let me see here. Come up, Rodon. I want to say he was like 2015 draft for some reason. Um, that might be right. Uh, 14, 14. 14, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's 28. He's he's not quite Brian's age, but yeah, he's 28. Wait, this is, he's, he was, so, wait, so when you said Holly Springs, do you mean he played high school there? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it says he's born in Miami, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember about Holly Springs, Jesus. He, he was hell on earth Holly Springs. <laughs> During his junior year in 2010, he threw a no-hitter, two one-hitters, and four shutouts. He went ten and one with a point eight earned run average and a hundred and fifteen strikeouts. What? Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, he wasn't Jim Leggett good. He wasn't Jim Leggett good, but he was solid. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Oh, of, uh, leading Holly Springs of State Four A Championship over National Powerhouse TC Robertson. TC Robertson is always a national powerhouse who never wins state championships. <laughs> Like, seriously, I mean, they, they pump so many guys out of there, they never end up winning the whole thing. The, Nash, the National Powerhouse T.C. Robertson Buffalo Bills. Basically. <laughs> Basically. T.C. Robertson never That's hilarious. I mean, that's where T.C. Robertson, that's where, like, uh, Cameron Maven was from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had, they've had quite a few... Um, Really good baseball players they put out there. Oh, from Asheville. Asheville. And so they, they, Asheville. They bring them in with the Biltmore, and then they're like, all right, now we've got them. Now we've got them. That's what the kids like. 
is the Biltmore Estate. <sighs> Hold on. I was looking it up right there. Come on, go to it. Said, uh, T.C. Robertson edition is when the 3A Wachovia, blah, 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 blah. Asheville Reynolds, Asheville. Well known for being a powerhouse in basketball, soccer, cross-country, swimming, tennis, and baseball. It is noteworthy that there have been four Robertson baseball players selected in the MLB draft since 2000. Two of those former Robertson standouts, Cameron Mabin and Chris Narvison, are currently on major league rosters. Uh, oh, okay. They did. They won state in 2017. It's the first time they won in like 15 years. Wow. So they've won it four. They've won it four times total. Uh, Logan Allen, Josh Bonifay, uh, Braxton Davidson was the number 32 pick in the 2014 draft. <laughs> oh, you remember Darren Holmes played for the Yankees? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he he was he went there. Cameron Mabin, uh, Christian Moody, Chris Narvison, David Testo. They had an MLS player. Oh. And um, some guy named Roy Williams went there, too. Who's that? Uh, whoever, I don't know. Did he do something? Um, Did he make shit. something out of his life? Yeah, he fucking quit. <laughs> what a quitter. Glad that Roy's gone. Right now, it's Hubert's team now. I'm so sick and tired of his aw shucks, whatever bullshit. Hubert uh, Davis had like the worst opening press conference possibly ever. <laughs> it's like, how can I make this horribly uncomfortable? Let's bring race into it and just go with oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Hubie. Oh, Hubie. I liked him. Oh, I liked him when he was on. Get... Go ahead. So let's openly try to get Walker Kessler to come back and have that go ahead and blow up in my face like two days after getting the job. <laughs> I uh, I liked him when he was <laughs> on um, when he was on College Game Day or back on ESPN. Oh yeah, I thought he was really good. I don't think he'll do a very good job there. I remember you know, I remember watching him play for Roy or for Dean back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was on he was on that ninety one Final Four team. Mm-hmm. That uh, that lost to Kansas, the first ever Williams uh, Smith matchup. It mm. all shucks, Roy. J- I just had his number that night. All shucks. All shucks. Got golly gee, gosh darn it. All <sighs> shucks. <laughs> all right, well, good show. I ain't got to talk about what I ain't got to talk about, huh? There we go. It's all done. Welcome yeah. to episode three sixty one of the Avoid Affair podcast. Yeah, that that's it. What else? What else would there possibly be to talk about? That's oh. that's silly. Uh, no, I am Edward Green, joined by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw. Uh, just coming off. Uh, I don't know how much of that is making the po- the actual episode. But uh, yeah, Carlos Rodon just threw a no-hitter, almost a perfect game for the uh, Chicago White Sox. So as always, big things happening on Wednesday nights when we record the podcast. Um, so, so big ups yeah. to them. Big ups to them. Um, yeah. Big ups to us for bringing it to you. Absolutely live on a slight delay. Uh, you know, it's always plausibly. They don't know. They don't need to know. Um, so, yeah, we have plenty to talk about today. Uh, we'll go through the uh, the week that was in the Premier League and give you guys an update on that. Uh, of course, we have Champions League to talk about, second leg. 
uh, of that uh, endeavor has been going on, and we now have our semifinal matchups. Um, we'll quickly, quickly touch on the Europa League, and then a little bit of news and notes, and then Watch 4, and we also have the return of Watch 4 Top 4 today as well so that'll be a bunch of fun i doubt i doubt we're getting so raw tonight even though even though wrestlemania happened sure he says (laughs) i just know because all of a sudden i see a ghost pirate on my twitter timeline hovering over a stadium and i'm like oh what's this oh it's 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 WrestleMania, sure. All you need to know is that um, the Good Brothers did a talking shop live from Tampa. <laughs> nice, there you go. Where they did uh, where they did um, they did copious amounts of uh, Howard Finkel, Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin impressions. What? 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 <laughs> oh, that's great. I think, um, I think the Undertaker might be my new favorite one. Well, it's the Dead Man. <laughs> yeah, I love Luke Gallows. The only good thing I actually saw was somebody posted a uh, a gif of it was uh, it was Big E and Xavier Woods, um, and Xavier was giving an interview, and Big E just like randomly will like appear beside Xavier, just like dead eyeing the camera and nodding his head, and he did it like three or four times. I was like, this, this is so uncomfortable. I love it. Thank you. This this is what I need more of. So yeah, there you go. Um, I, I will I will give I will give WWE one shout out. My favorite part of WrestleMania that I had to I went back and watched on a video um, uh, was Kevin Owens decimating Logan Paul. Oh, was that actually part of it? Yeah, because anyone decimating Logan Paul is just oh, fine sure. by me. That's fine. Yeah, Logan Paul needs to be decimated. So yeah, I saw like I also saw a bunch of clips out of context. Like there's that one singer song maker dude who came in and and did something like a Canadian F five or something. I don't know. And uh, 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 oh, uh, Bad Bunny. Yeah, Bad Bunny. That was it. And Bad uh, Bunny. That's the most hardcore rap name ever, by the way. That is pretty good. And then I saw Sasha Banks lost somehow. I don't know. She got picked up and carried into the ring by her opponent. Cool. There you go. There you go. That's that's your so raw for the day. Um, all right. So as always, we're presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. So let's get right into the Premier League for the week. Um, this was, except for one team, a very big week uh, in the top six race um, for or not the top six race, the top four race, I should say. Uh, this this was huge. A lot of and if one match had gone differently, this would actually be setting up the most insane race for top four ever, I think. But it's still pretty damn good. Um, so on Friday, Wolves got a very important win, or actually a very important loss for Fulham. Uh, as Adama Traore scored in the 92nd minute, Fulham could have gotten out of there with a draw. But unfortunately, they did not, and they are seeing their chances of staying up slip further and further away. Not impossible, but it is starting to look less and less likely. Uh, On Saturday, Leeds, hey, big winners against Manchester City, um, starting to make that team look just a little bit vulnerable. Dallas with the brace in this one, including the 91st minute winner that saw City uh, get knocked off their perch a little bit. Still, uh, still on pace to win the league fairly handedly, but um, not not by as many points as it may have been at one point, and not getting as many points as they thought they would at one point. 
Uh, Chelsea ran rough shot over Palace 4-1 with Christian Pulisic getting a brace. Hey, American, yeah, he's doing so well. Tell me more. Tell me more, soccer commentators. Keep telling me about how great Christian Pulisic is. He's great. Just just make sure you remind me that he's American. I didn't know that. That makes the story even better. I don't give a shit where Pulis is from. That dude's balling out. He's good really good. Him. He is actually really good. Like I'm being sarcastic because of the because of all that annoyance. Dude's, but dude's playing really well. Like I will I will I will straight up say dude's playing really well. Uh, he's just freaking fantastic, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I just don't need Bleacher Report telling me every match if he's starting or not. Um, Newcastle, 2-1 winners over Burnley to put even more distance between them and Fulham. Alan St. Maxim with the winner in the 64th minute. Uh, very big result. Uh, West Ham 3, Leicester 2. West Ham for the third straight match. Jump out to a 3-0 lead. What is apparently becoming the most dangerous league in football. Um, West Ham jump out to another 3-0 lead. Two matches ago against Arsenal, they gave up three to draw. Last time out, they gave up two goals to squeak by with a win. And they do it again here. Um, Jesse Lingard, uh, who could one day be yet again Manchester United's Jesse Lingard. Uh, with, a, with a brace in this one to open up the scoring early. But uh, Kalichi and Nacho tried to pull the Foxes back, but it sets up a very big showdown uh, as we head towards the end of the season. Uh, United, this is the one match that did not go the way I wanted it to for the top six race. Uh, Tottenham, unfortunately, falls uh, 3-1 to Manchester United uh, in a very contentious match, we shall say, um, that, hey, you know, got Youngman's son more racial abuse online. Good job, everyone. Congratulations. We did it again. We did it again. We successfully racially abused another player on social media. Well done, everyone. Feel proud. Um, that was in the only war of words, as, of course, uh, Josie and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got into it in the tabloids as well. But that's a story for another day. Um, Arsenal, 3-0 winners over Sheffield United. Doesn't Doesn't really matter. It just... It doesn't Awesome. Mid-table yeah. versus bottom of the table. Yeah. Nothing mattered. Kind of. Uh, West yeah. Brom trying to keep their very slim hopes of climbing back up alive. 3-0 winners over Southampton on Monday. And Brighton Hove and Everton drew 0-0. This is the other one that did not go exactly the way I wanted it to in order to create that tight drama at the top. Um, so Everton does drop points to Brighton. And finally, in the grudge match, the revenge match on Saturday, uh, Liverpool come from behind to beat Aston Villa 2-1. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's stoppage time goal in the second half was the difference maker as it was that man again, Ollie Watkins, who got Aston Villa out to a 1-0 lead in the 43rd minute. Um, obviously, this was an important game for the table, West, but also a big match to, uh, to start of uh, pushing Liverpool forward. We talked so much last week about their run-in and their schedule. Um, so obviously, this was one of those top 10 teams that they would have to place the rest of the way. This was a big win to get, especially in the manner that they did it. Uh, it was, um, you know, we talked about it last week, what we thought Liverpool would have to do to get top four. 
And I think we we kind of decided, you know, arbitrarily and because we're so brilliant, um, <laughs> that Liverpool need at the worst six wins, two draws. Mm-hmm. Um, and with really left on their schedule, Aston Villa and Manchester United, you're looking at, well, on paper, maybe those are those two draws. Mm-hmm. So to go and get the win against Aston Villa, to do it the way they did it, and to do it at home, where, by God, it just <laughs> hasn't been coming easy. <laughs> uh, Europe included, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, for Liverpool to get that win, uh, for Trent, of all people, Trent Alexander-Arnold, the horrible Trent, um, to do it and to do it in front of Gareth Southgate. <laughs> uh, it, it all felt really, really good at the end of the day for Liverpool. It was uh, it was one of those scrappy wins that in the 2019-2020, the title season, that, those were the kind of matches Liverpool were winning all mm-hmm. the time. Every week they were winning matches like that. Uh, it didn't have to be pretty. It was just effective. And by God, I can I can live with uh, not pretty but effective for the rest of this season. Um, so eight matches to go, um, one down, three points. Um, so now basically a seven game playoff the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's so so tight with all the results, especially that West Ham Leicester match has really compressed things now. Um, as we take a look at the table. Man City still leads by 11 points over United. Uh, United do have match in hand, so it could be as little of a, as an eight-point gap. But then with six matches to play, you figure City will just be fine going forward. But we'll see. We'll see. They haven't clinched yet, so that, that is still a little bit open. But after those two teams is where things get incredibly interesting. Um, the following one, two, three, four, five teams all have seven matches to play. Leicester are in third with 56 points. West Ham are in fourth currently with 55. Chelsea are in fifth with 54. And Liverpool are in sixth with 52. Tottenham and Everton are, are just outside. Uh, Spurs have 49 and do need to make up a lot of ground. Um, quote, unquote, a lot of ground um, as, as we near the end of the season. And Everton do still have match in hand. Uh, there will be a big match on Friday that we'll get to in a second. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Newcastle have opened up a six-point lead over Fulham, and Newcastle has match in hand. So, again, very, very uh, starting to be low chances for Fulham to stay up. West Brom still on uh, 24 points, Sheffield at 14. So, Wes, we, we look at this race. It's not even a race for fourth, really, anymore. It is a race for two nope. Champions League spots. Leicester apparently are going to collapse again somehow. Um, so you have Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Those are the four that are definitely in the race. Uh, Tottenham and Everton are, are a little TBD, I think, at the moment. Um, but these are four incredibly close teams. Again, Leicester to Liverpool is just a four-point gap. That's it. Um, and, Wes, this is setting up to be one of the craziest matches ever because again if you don't finish in the top four at best you're getting Europa League there's even a chance maybe if you finish sixth you're in that even shittier European competition so the next seven matches for these clubs are going to be insanely pivotal 
Um, they are. And Liverpool Liverpool have the, on paper, Liverpool have the best um, schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, problem is, <laughs> the, the teams Liverpool have coming up are teams that have really given them problems. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, let's see how that ends up. But uh, Chelsea, Chelsea are the only ones left that still have two avenues into Europe. Correct. Um, well, I guess uh, Arsenal do too. So, but, uh, <laughs> you know, right now Chelsea's sitting in fifth, but they're also in the semifinals of the Champions League. Um, I think I think out of um, all the teams left, Chelsea are probably the fourth out of four mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. So, you know, Chelsea definitely going to be pushing for that top four. Leicester, wow, wow Leicester. It, it's it's the same. It's it's eerily looking like the same thing as last season. Yeah. Um, Leicester just falling apart physically at the end of the year. It's crazy. And injuries, can... injuries, injuries, and not having the depth to be able to cover the injuries they've got. Yeah, and I think the craziest part about that is last year you could kind of blame COVID a little bit because th- it happened after they came back from the break, really. Right. This right. is just, yeah, the schedule's been compressed and teams have been having to deal with that, but... There's no break. It's just, as you said, they're just breaking down again. They are, and it's, you know, not only is that physically happening, but now you've got to worry about where they are mentally and emotionally because suddenly is that feeling going through the Leicester locker room, oh, my God, it's happening again. What what can we do to stop it? Um, I mean, just a few weeks ago, it looked like, this was all a race for that fourth spot because Leicester had things locked down, and now suddenly they're in all kinds of trouble. Absolutely. Um, the mo- and at this time of the year, you want that momentum going. And right now, the momentum is all in the West Ham, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool bank. And suddenly Leicester are like, my God, you know, where are we going to win some matches at? Because Leicester do not have an easy run into the season. No. Um, it, it is, oh, it's going to be fascinating to see if Brendan Rodgers can hold that group together because as terrifying as it is to think, I mean, West Ham are playing some really good football right now. Mm-hmm. They're led by um, their on-loan Ronaldo clone, Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Um, you know, Chelsea take out that weird, weird, weird loss to West Brom. Yeah. Chelsea are just chugging right along doing their thing. And Liverpool now out of Europe. Uh, but Liverpool seem to be coming around physically, mentally, Liverpool seem to be coming around, especially, you know, if you take a look at that performance against Madrid today. Sure. Um, and like we said earlier, the, the dirty, kind of dirty, grimy win against mm-hmm. uh, Aston Villa. Uh, Liverpool seems to be coming around. Liverpool look like they're hitting their best stride uh, coming down the home stretch. Leicester are, Leicester have all the makings of odd man out of this. Yeah, and uh, we will go through. I think we went through it last week, but I think it's worth going through it again. What Leicester's schedule is going forward now that. They, they have firmly entrenched themselves in this Champions League race. Uh, if we go through their schedule again, 
they will be playing West Brom next uh, Thursday. Um, then they have Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle. And you're thinking, okay, that's th- those are teams that can maybe come up and snipe you, but th- that seems manageable. And then you look at their last three <laughs> matches, and they go... They have to go to Old Trafford, to Stamford Bridge, and then home against Tottenham to end the season. And whatever you want to say about Tottenham, that three-match stretch at the end of the season could be absolutely back-breaking if they don't pick up a ton of points in those other four matches. Uh, wow. What an end to the season for them. My God. Oh, yeah. And I think we'll know going into those games. Mm-hmm. We'll know where Leicester stand. Oh, yeah. That. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. I, I am here for it. Um, and so we're, let's I mean, get. This, go excuse me. This has. This battle for third and fourth, this has one of the. This has the makings of one of the best um, in the season runs in the Premier League in a long time. I mean, we're talking. Obviously, it doesn't have the same hype as maybe the, the United City clash when, when City won their first title in the last day. But because that was for the title, and that's also two Manchester teams, and the whole thing about City not having won for like 40 odd years or whatever it was. I, I think with the fact that it's two spots and it's for the Champions League. Right. And, and I think something that we've kind of hinted at a little bit over the course of the year, um, especially when we like were in January is talking about the next transfer window and in a post COVID uh, market, how big of a deal is finishing in one of those champions league spots to have that kind of an influx of cash to be able to go out and actually spend money. I think, yes, it's important to go to the Champions League and all the prestige and all that. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. It's fun. But I think for once, the money is a giant deal, especially to a club like Leicester or a West Ham who, who can't just write the blank checks that a club like Chelsea maybe can. But this, this is huge financial implications. For this top four, I oh man, it's so fun. So well, fun. it is, and and also for your teams, just looking at uh, let's be real here, Chelsea and Liverpool are shopping in different markets than Leicester and mm-hmm. West Ham are. Mm-hmm. Even if they've got the Champions League money, I mean, let's just be real there. Um, you know, there are just certain players who aren't going to go to. But what I will Leicester say to that is, and and to go back to something you said. Leicester are falling apart and don't have the bodies necessarily to replace the people that are that are that are getting hurt. Right. That's where the money could be big. So that this right. doesn't happen again. They don't need to go get Kylian Mbappe. They just need to get better reserves. That's it. Right. Um but where where this also could make a difference is for a Liverpool for Liverpool and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. What this is going to mean is who are you able to go after in the market? Absolutely. If, I mean, and just 
you know, we bring up Mbappe and, you know, Mbappe has kind of been, it's kind of been like this pipe dream of Liverpool fans now for about a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Mbappe has talked about how, you know, he really, he likes Liverpool. He likes Klopp. He would love to play for Klopp. I mean, I don't know what else the hell he can say, <laughs> you know, that would get us all going. But, um, I mean, let's just, let's just be real. If there is any chance of Liverpool getting a player like Kylian Mbappe, they're not going to do it if they're not in the Champions League. Absolutely. So, and that's what I mean by um, when they're, they're, they're sh- Liverpool and Chelsea are normally shopping in a, in a different sure. mm-hmm. uh, store than those others. But if one of those two fail to make the Champions League, mm-hmm. suddenly they're not able to shop at the tip top store anymore. I agree. Now yes. let's put it this way. If Chelsea had not been in the Champions League this season, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably not getting the Germans. Sure. Absolutely. Or, or at least you're not getting both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not getting Havertz and Burner. Um, I'm sure some Chelsea fans have been, I wish we hadn't gotten Burner anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and, that, and that's just what I mean. With, when you don't have that Champions League football to offer, even when you have the money, mm-hmm. you're not able to shop at the absolute top of the market anymore. Right. So um, it is it is crucial, and coming from as a Liverpool fan, obviously, it's, it's crucial because... You know, Liverpool are a team who I, I think we can honestly look at this and say, hey, if Liverpool had not had some of the long-term injuries that they'd had this season, as in losing Van Dyke, Gomez, and Matip, mm-hmm. um, Liverpool probably are not sitting in sixth place right now in a dogfight for fourth place. Right. Um. So you've got those guys set to come back next season, but this is a Liverpool team that still needs, they need not to be overhauled, Mm -hmm. but they need to be freshened up in some places. Mm -hmm. And where you want to go freshen up, you know, I mean, it might be a chance to get an Mbappe in there. Um, It might be a chance to get another really top player in. Um, There, there looks like there's going to be some movement out of midfield this year. Um, but once again, if they can't get themselves into that top four, don't get me wrong. I mean, Liverpool will still come out with a very strong team next year, even if they don't make the top four. But there's, you know, the chance, well, we're not going to get an Mbappe. And also, if they miss the Champions League, you never know. You might have to move one of those big stars. Mm-hmm. And by the big stars, you mean one of the front three. By the front three, you mean Mane or Salas. So. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. I absolutely love you, but you know, um, if there's going to be a big money move out of that front line, it's going to be Mo Salah or uh, Sadio Mane, and not having Champions League football could have to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, it, it is a, it is a crucial seven game stretch coming up for for multiple squads. Yeah, and uh, we are going to be here breaking it down as it happens. So, again, just a, a frantic finish to the season here. Um, another week coming up here. Friday, we're right back to it. Ever- I mentioned this last week, but, again, Everton played on Monday, plays on Friday. Sure. Uh, Everton will be taking on Tottenham at Goodison. That is a make-or-break game for both teams in the top four. Um, either... If either team drops points in that match, I think they're done. That that that's it. Your season is over to meet, reach the Champions League. 
at that point. So big match for both of those clubs. Um, Saturday, um, you have Aston Villa versus Man City, Chelsea, Brighton, and Hove, Leicester versus West Brom, Southampton versus Palace, Newcastle versus West Ham, and Wolves versus Sheffield. Then on Sunday, it's Arsenal, Fulham, and United versus Burnley. And then on Monday Night Football and NBC Sports, Leeds hosts Liverpool. That could be a Ooh. fun one. Leeds, Leeds loves to ship them. Um, and also Tuesday at Stanford Bridge, Chelsea versus Brighton and Hove, as uh, they do have a free midweek. And then on Wednesday, um, and I believe these matches are to facilitate a the League Cup final that will be taking place later that weekend. Um, it's Tottenham versus Southampton and Villa versus Man City. So, so more big matches in the midweek. Um, so that is your Premier League wrap-up. Um, let's head to the Champions League as the quarterfinals are done. We are going to the semifinals, and this is where things stand. Uh, Wes already, air, big air quotes, spoiled some of the, the results. If, if you didn't already know the results. Course, if, if, if you're listening to us and you don't know the, <laughs> who's going through, I mean, why are you listening to us? Exactly. I mean, that question generally applies, but even more so in this instance. Uh, um, so quickly through the results. Um, there, th- This week didn't have the same sort of excitement in all the matches that we came out with, um, but there was still some drama. Um, Man City... Uh, gets a late goal from Phil Foden um, to win 4-2 on aggregate, 2-1 on the day. Uh, Jude Bellingham in the 15th minute did make it exciting. And uh, as he got the goal, that was so cruelly denied from him in the first leg. Um, and that did make it 2-2 on aggregate and gave Dortmund a an overall lead due to their away goal. But uh, City's double strike in the second half on a questionable... It's a penalty call. We'll call it questionable. Usually are. <laughs> they usually are when City gets them. So. Exactly. Hey, but usually it goes against them what? in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. <laughs> so, yeah. so for once, it's it didn't happen. Um, but City do advance and break their quarterfinal curse. Um, Chelsea, um, even with a late, 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 late goal from Porto, uh, Me- uh, Porto's Mediterrani. Um, they get through 2-1 on aggregate. It was just sort of a ho-hum day. They got done what they needed to. And Chelsea become the second Premier League team to advance to the semifinals. Um, Bayern gave it their all and and had like a bajillion chances on, on PSG's goal. PSG had about a million chances on Munich's goal. And somehow the match ended 1-0. Um, and it was it was uh, Eric Chupomoting who came through with his second goal of the tie because, eh, of course it was. Um, his goal did give Munich hope because it got it to 3-3 on aggregate, but PSG's three away goals in the first leg was the difference maker as the rematch of the two Champions League finals from last year this time goes to PSG to set them back up into the semifinals. And then Liverpool, try as they might, especially in the first half against Real Madrid, mm-hmm were not able to find the first goal that could have broken the floodgates open, and it ends nil-nil at Anfield, um, and which means Real advances 3-1 on aggregate. So your semifinals are PSG versus Manchester City, 
Real Madrid versus Chelsea. Those start not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. And it'll be played on two legs over those next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes, we'll get into those future matchups sure. um, in just a moment. But first, thoughts on these quarterfinal results. I actually got the chance to watch um, two of these matches this week. Uh, PSG Byron was just fantastic. It was It was the one that delivered. Golly, that was a fun match. Uh, well, and there were two fun ones, and um, that one was oh, it was really good. And like you said, you know, Neymar had multiple chances to put yes. that bad boy away. Yes. And Neymar, for some reason, God, I mean, you know, I know we give Neymar a lot of shit. You know, <laughs> just probably so. Yes. But Neymar is so fucking good, but it just seems when he gets late into the Champions League, mm-hmm. God, he hits the woodwork a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, man. Um, had the chance to put them away. Uh, Munich had their chances. You, you, you almost wonder for them, you know, if if they had Lewandowski, yeah. if they had Serge Gnabry, it's probably different. But, you know, I mean, everybody can say, well, it might be different if we had this guy. It might be different if we had this guy. That's that's the whole point of it. You know, you get into these late rounds and guys have to step up, make things happen. And unfortunately for Bayern, they weren't able to do it. Unfortunately for PSG, they're able to hold on and move on um, and get Mauricio Pochettino yeah. uh, closer back to the finals. Um, and after everything that's happened, I think... Ugh, God, out of the four teams left in the Champions League, we, we we just literally have to look and figure out like what's the lesser of all these oh, yeah. evils. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the one thing that gives PSG a little boost in our eyes, well, I mean, it is Poch. Yeah. That, that's the only like... problem is that means it's also fucking Neymar. Exactly. <laughs> but Neymar. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll just we'll have to break that down over the next few weeks, and we're we're going to figure out who we're pulling for the rest yes. of the way. But um, yeah, that was that was the best match. Um, I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't watch any of Porto, Chelsea, or um, and uh, I didn't watch any of that one. And uh, just a quick one on City and Dortmund. Dortmund knew they were going to play a perfect game. They got the goal from Jude Bellingham. They did. Um. But you 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 had this feeling you're like City aren't going to be shut out, mm-hmm. so they really need that second goal, mm-hmm. and they just they couldn't find it. And um, City able to come back and get it. The Mares uh, the penalty was a little eh, a little controversial on the penalty, uh, but it is what it is. And for City, they do step up. They hit the penalty. Yeah, always a big plus. Good job, Mares. And then, uh, boy, wonder Phil Foden puts it away late, just uh, put a little little daylight in there. Uh, City very worthy to go through sure. at this point. Um, and that's, I mean, we we've got two on paper marquee matchups here in the semifinals, mm-hmm. but I think that's definitely your marquee matchup oh, yeah. is uh, going to be PSG and Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um. As we said, I didn't watch any of the Chelsea match. Chelsea did exactly what they had to do. They just had to survive. They did it. That's that's Tommy Tuchel's Chelsea way right now. Uh, and then over at Anfield, um, man, I'm going to tell you this was this was as good a performance as Liverpool had put on at Anfield in months. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, the only thing, the only thing at the end of the day you can get on Liverpool for is not putting the ball in the net. Yeah. Because they did everything. Liverpool did in this match what everyone was assuming they were going to come out and try to do in the first match. Mm-hmm. Press press Madrid to the wall, try to create turnovers, try to get uh, going the other way. I mean, from the get-go, the first 10 minutes of this match, it was an avalanche of red. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a big deal made, of course. You know, Anfield is the 12th man with the 52,000 in the stands. Well, there were no, no one in the stands today. But I swear to God, in the first 10 minutes, man, uh, excuse me, Real Madrid were shitting their pants because of Anfield, it seemed like. It's like, Jesus Christ, what do you mean there's not 52,000 here? These guys are insane right now. Liverpool played an amazing opening 10. They played a fantastic opening 30. The 15 out of the break were uh, balls to the wall. But after that, you started getting this feeling, shit, this isn't going to happen. Um, too many missed opportunities. I mean, Liverpool should have been two nil up in inside thirty. Uh, Salah had an open shot one on one with Courtois, and, and a lot of this a Liverpool didn't were not ruthless at all when they should have. But also, I give a ton of credit to Thibaut Courtois. Um, had the foot save on uh, what should have been the opener for Salah. I uh, had a really nice save on a shot from outside the box from James Milner. Um, and then late on, Liverpool just missed opportunities. Um, just looking at Liverpool, there was a good, a really, really good chance at four goals today. Mm-hmm. Really good chance at four. They needed to win 2-0. Um, Madrid, you know, I don't, I think especially late, Madrid got really cagey with it. And mm-hmm. there was definitely some caginess from Real Madrid. But I don't think they plan to come and defend that damn hard. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they were quite ready for what they got out of Liverpool today. Um, but once again, Liverpool—they did not show a ruthless streak in front of goal. And because of it, they're they're out of Europe now. Um, it, it does end nil-nil on the day. Three-one uh, Madrid on aggregate. Uh, and Real Madrid, uh, for I believe the eighth straight season now, are on to the semifinal. Wow. That doesn't sound right. No, they lost to Ajax a couple years ago. That's right. Who was saying that then? Maybe it's eight of the last nine or something. I can't Maybe. remember. Somebody said, somebody said something about their eighth straight. Even at that point, I was like, wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. But maybe I just caught it missed in there. But well, either way, they're... Yeah. Either way, they're really good in Europe. And... Um, Although they didn't make it last year either. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Maybe they made it eight straight years. Who, who the hell knows what I heard? I was half listening, working on something else. So. Um, uh, but uh, for Zinedine Zidane, he uh, continues his quest for, I believe, would be his fourth mm-hmm. uh, European Cup uh, with Real Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a Real Madrid that is starting around into form. Last I checked, they are have actually started to top La Liga. And, and have overtaken Atletico. So this is um, this is a very dangerous now Real Madrid team. No, no, I was thinking, I'm thinking they're a point back. I'm, I'm pulling up La Liga real quick. I, I thought they were a point back in La Liga. I thought they beat Atletico recently to overtake them, but I might. 
Uh, no, they are. They're sitting on 30 matches. Uh, they're sitting on 60. Here it is. Here's the top three in the league. Atletico 67, Real 66, Barca 65. Okay. Yeah, that's your that's your top three right now. So yeah, but they're right there, right there with them. Mm-hmm. So that is that is a lot to play for there. Um, oh yeah. So as as we mentioned, it's PSG versus City, Real Madrid, Chelsea, and and West from from one perspective. If you take the the UEFA perspective, maybe like the casual soccer fan perspective, this is a dynamite semifinal. You have PSG versus Man City. Uh, you have Real Madrid versus Chelsea. And and no matter who wins from either match, there's storylines you can create. If it's PSG, Real Madrid, um, you know, if it's... If it's uh, I, I had it earlier. I forgot what the PSG, Real Madrid one was. Oh, it's the battle for Mbappe and Neymar. Um, if, if it's Man City versus Real Madrid, well, it's Pep going back up against... Uh, Madrid. If it's PSG versus Chelsea, well, it's Tuchel versus his uh, the team he took to the Champions League final last year. Uh, and the team that fired him in January or in December. <laughs> exactly. And then if it's City-Chelsea, well, it's a Premier League matchup again for the second time in like four years. Um, so this is, this is big. I will say, and, and you were kind of alluding to this earlier, as someone who knows and, and knows a lot about these teams and their background and, and their ownership groups and whatnot, this is this is about as bad as it gets when you don't have a team in the, in the running. Like, because I, I totally agree with you. Like, I'm like, all right, I could pull for PSG for Poch, but they're an oil money club. City's an oil money club, and it's City. And they're if if they win this, they're probably doing the quadruple, and we'll literally never hear the end of it. Chelsea has Abramovich, and fuck Abramovich, and Chelsea in general. And then Real- well, then Chelsea's oil money too. <laughs> exactly, they're just, they're, just from a different part of the world. <laughs> it's more Eastern Europe instead of Southeastern Europe. Um, and then Real Madrid is just some of the cuntiest people ever. Um, who oh, just, Ma- Madrid's basically the fucking Yankees. Yeah, and 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 as soon as they start getting good again, all the Real Madrid fans start yep 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 yep. So, I it, it literally I think just comes down to okay, I guess I will pull for Poch. It'll be one of those things where as I watch, is like is the camera on Pochettino? Yeah, cheer cheer Pochettino. As soon as it leaves him, I don't care. I, I, well, I think um, uh, I think at this point. Um, at this point, I'm hoping for a PSG Real final, and um, I, I'm gonna tell you the lesser of my two evils is still Real Madrid, <laughs> because you know, yeah, no, I will give this to Real too. It would be the only neat thing about Real winning would be to see him win it without Ronaldo. True, very because true. you know it was always well. You won because you had Ronaldo. Well, okay, no, now they can win because uh, they've got Benzema playing to his potential. Um, they've got you know the best uh, midfield in the world. Um, yeah, God Almighty, it'd be great if Ramos didn't come back. But true. Ugh, Jesus, true. I just thought about him. God, yeah, there's no, there's no win here. Yeah. There's no win in this. I, I might just have to go ahead and cancel Paramount for a few months. Because <laughs> it was one of those things where last year, I believe it was we had Atalanta and Leipzig in the in the semifinals, and you're like, yeah, these are two yeah. cool, fun stories. Yeah, yeah, they're not making it. <laughs> nope. No. 
this is uh... you know it's kind of like i'm 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 glad byron's out in a way because um you know byron could have passed liverpool for most european titles there you go so i was happy to see them out but then when it comes out who's left it's just like why couldn't dortmund or liverpool have made it through Why couldn't Dortmund and Liverpool just made it through? Dortmund, I will say, um, I, I know you want Liverpool. I would say I think Dortmund would have been my favorite story, I think. Just with oh, how sure. young and fun that club is and, and with Haaland and you know with him about to, I assume, make his big move to have one last run with Dortmund and it's still with some of the great players yeah. they have like Sancho and Bellingham. Uh, this that would have been a really fun team to pull for, um, but hey, we can't have nice things anymore. So, so no, because this, City has to buy them all. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is what we get, <laughs> and, that, and that also probably includes Erling Haaland. <laughs> you're you're not wrong, unfortunately. So that is that is your Champions League semifinal setup. Uh, again, those will start. Uh, two weeks from our recording date on uh, April 15th, or on April 14th, we're recording this. So on April 27th and 28th, it'll get started. Um, does not say yet on the schedule which one is on which day. Those will be on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so we'll just have to wait for that. But that is, uh, those are going to be some big matches. And I'm sure, uh, again, UEFA, very happy with this final. Very marketable final, we'll call it. Right. Um, as for Europa League, uh, United beat Granada 2-0 in their first leg. Arsenal gave up a last-minute he- uh, header to Slavia Prague to draw 1-1. There you go. Good, good job, all. So we'll see, uh, see sure. that how it ends up. Uh, all right, let's hit a little bit of news and notes here. Um, the League Cup, uh, according to The Athletic, will uh, under-18s will not be able to attend the Carabao Cup final due to government rules. Um, that shouldn't be that big of an issue for the clubs. Um, but, again, the bigger picture there is that 8,000 fans will be there, again, as part of the pilot program to start allowing uh, play people actually back into the grounds to watch the matches. So that's, that's pretty great. Um, again, just um, keeping those out. But, uh, not, again, not really going to affect City or Tottenham's team selection. Um, we had this from Deadline.com. We don't usually get Deadline.com articles, but here we go. Uh, Paul Pogba signs overall deal with Amazon. Soccer Star's first project is doc series entitled The Pogmentary. He, don't worry, <sighs> don't worry, Paul Pogba. You'll always be my little Pog champ. Mm. Uh, Pogboom. <laughs> so there you go. He. Um, Gotta got got love the article here. And, and again, this is deadlines. So this is not a sports website. But uh, details on the length and value of Pogba's overall deal were not disclosed by Amazon. Signing the agreement, however, it bagged one of soccer's biggest stars who boasts more than 43 million followers on social media and plies his trade at one of the top clubs in the world. Doesn't say anything about the fact that he's a World Cup winner or anything like that. Just, hey... He's got those 43 million followers, though. So, yay. Um, and then finally, news and notes. Um, Phil, Phil Buckingham over at The Athletic had an interesting article entitled, Erling Haaland could cost 400 million pounds over five years. Um, 
so this is obviously we talked about the whole uh, COVID uh, situation with buying p- players during the summer. Um, once you start looking at a number like that, it's obvious that there's like three teams in the world that can sign on apparently. So excited to see where he ends up and and which <laughs> what number he's gonna wear at City, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I'm hearing he's not gonna end up at City. So where do you think he's gonna end up then, Wes? Uh, probably one of the uh, one of the Spanish giants. I thought they didn't Somehow. have money though. Well, they don't, but that doesn't stop them from spending. <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, You're right. By the way, that's gonna stop something here. Come on. Come on. You're right. You're right. My bad. Um, so there you go. That that will be the story of the summer, of course, and see what uh, what kind of mega deal he will be signing. Um, all right. Well, that'll bring us to the part where we pimp the athletic. Uh, Wes, do you have anything to pimp from the athletic this week? Pimpastas Athletics. Indeed. Um, I do. I do. Uh, let's see what I had. So, not a lot for me this week, and that's my fault, not the athletics' fault. Uh, there's a, a feature on Joey Votto. Joey Votto is best of us are playing checkers. Reds first place, and maybe the most interesting man in baseball. Once again, this is exactly those stories that I love from the athletic, the in depth that you don't mm-hmm. just normally. Uh, and the only other one I've got is another baseball story. Now, I understand part of this. I have not read enough to understand the second part. Moving the mound, mm. the double hook. What mm-hmm. MLB and the Atlantic League are trying out next. Folks, they are moving the mound back a foot. Yeah. I don't know what I think of this. Yeah, this is going to be one of my articles, too. I, I, I had this one up. This well, is well, well, let's, let's discuss, because, Ed, I grew up on the dimensions. Mm-hmm. Burned into my brain. 60 feet, 6 inches. Mm-hmm. My pitching career did not work out because at 54 feet at the age of 12 and 13, I had a devastating curveball. At 60 feet, 6 inches, my curveball bounced 2 feet in front of the plate. And therefore, I had to start throwing my bullshit and meatball of a fastball, and that preemptively ended my pitching career. Oh, no. So this would have made it actually harder for me, but still. <laughs> um, 60 feet, 6 inches, and they're talking about moving it to 61 feet, 6 inches. And also, I'm sure you can explain the double hook. Um, sure. I will throw this out there. Um, in, in the article about it, there is a bonus hidden wrinkle uh, that MLB, and take this what you will, uh, conducted a study of where big league catchers set up in the box and found the difference can be as great as 3 feet. In other words, pitchers are already throwing the ball farther than 60 feet, 6 inches, and some of them have been found to be throwing it as much as 65 feet, 6 inches. So maybe maybe one foot could be okay. Um, the double hook is actually super interesting. So essentially what will happen is um, that every team will start with a designated hitter. If you remove your starter, you lose your designated hitter. Your starting pitcher, I should say. I'm sorry. Your starting pitcher. So if you if oh. you if you take out your starting pitcher, your DH is gone, and it in their spot is whoever whatever reliever you bring in. 
So at that point, then when their turn comes in the lineup, uh, when you're on, on offense, you have to just say, all right, am I sending my reliever back out or am I pinch hitting for him here? And that's, I think that's a fascinating thing because it effectively eliminates uh, the thing that Tampa kind of popularized and some other clubs tried to start doing was the idea of the opener sort of pitcher, uh-huh. a guy who would throw like one or two innings. And uh-huh. it essentially means like, okay, you can do that, but then your DH will get like one at-bat tops. And that's it. So I think this is a fascinating deal. It's it's one of the more interesting things I would like to see. It's one of the ones that actually has me excited. I don't know that it'll go through. Um, but I, I think this would be very interesting. And it puts then a much bigger value on starting pitchers going deeper into the game and really puts a risk-reward on when do we take out our starter and how much then are we spending on designated hitters knowing that they may only last now instead of all nine, they may last only five or six innings. I, I think it could be a fascinating strategic uh, wrinkle thrown into Major League Baseball, which is what it needs to be more interesting. Whew. I mean, I'm just sitting here contemplating days of David Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and right now for the Red Sox, J.D. Martinez. <laughs> yes. Ooh, interesting. Um, it would definitely put the premium on, like you said, strategically. When do you pull your pitcher? Yeah. You know, no, say you have the DH do up second in the next inning. You know, your pitcher suddenly you're other. Oh, you know, I like this bullpen matchup. Well, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so basically, basically. The way I look at it, you play half the game as the American League and half the game as the National League. Yeah. Ooh. That's, uh, yeah. Personally, I see no way that that ever makes it through the Players Union. Yeah. <laughs> because like you said, that's suddenly, you know, well, how much now is a, uh, how much is a DH worth? And I don't know if you know, but I've never heard the union to say, oh, no, just take less money. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's a hell of an idea. You can do it in the minors where nobody's gonna give a shit. But I don't see how that ever gets through the major league union. I will say two other points. This article brings up one of the negatives, and I and I do agree with this, is it it does allow for what I would I would term snowballing, um, and essentially okay. And as the, as this one part the the example brought up here is let's say. Your team falls behind 4 nothing in the third inning. And the starter goes out and walks the leadoff hitter. So it's like, all right, well, I should... He doesn't have it today. I got to take my starter out. Well, now you've also lost probably one of your better hitters. And you're trying to come back from an at least four-run deficit. It's, it's going to make one team right. snowball leads a lot harder in this system. And I do understand that worry. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you yeah, said... Well- I'll throw out a second. Uh, I'll throw out a second thing. Let's say you know my starting pitcher is out there mm-hmm. and throws four pitches, and all of a sudden strains his back. Very, very real possibility. And now you're taking my DH completely out of the game, and he never even got the chance to hit. Yeah. And you know, so I, I, I want... see, it's it sounds like a ton of fun, mm-hmm. 
but I just, to me, there are too many variables. And once again, just, I don't think there's any chance it ever gets through the union. I wonder if there's something where like you could implement a, it, an injury rule or something. Either that, or maybe it's like, okay, the, it, it only, this only rule only takes an effect after like the fifth inning. So like yeah, you, you get right. up to the fifth inning so that your DH is probably guaranteed at least two at bats. Um, and so you don't just lose him and you still do have a little bit of that comeback ability. Um, right. one other thing they did mention in this article is that does this, you know, does, uh, this bring back the quote unquote Matt stairs kind of guy who is just a pinch hitter who just comes up and mashes, you know, but that, that's all literally they're used for. Um, Maybe, maybe that's something positive is, is it brings that back and now you're having to, as a team, kind of manage your roster better and, and figure out like what you want to index for. Like, do you want to bring some of these Matt Stairs guys who are just like, I, I need somebody to be able to come off the bench and, and hit like a, a double or a home run. Like that's, even yeah. if he strikes out, it's fine, but I, I need power from one of my substitutes. Yeah. So I don't know. That's it's super interesting. Um, I think there would need to be a lot worked out, um, but I'm I'm excited that they're trying it. That's I think the best part of this is I'm excited that they're they're willing to actually experiment. Again, this is going to be in the uh, the Atlantic League, um, so th- I definitely not like in the majors. Right. I'm I'm excited. Right. I, I mean, I. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun strategy kind mm-hmm. of thing to mm-hmm. think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, without a doubt, it, it it would create just some epic matchups and and moves. It would be crazy. I just, I guess, more just will it happen? Is mm-hmm. I find it very difficult that'll happen. But I mean, it could. Well, it would it would definitely be the biggest innovation, probably oh, yeah. in baseball history. Mm-hmm. I think I think they they would definitely have to tweak it some. Like we were kind of talking about, like you know, it, would you have an injury prevention sort of thing happening, or or d- does it only take effect after a certain inning? Because I don't think you can just say, like, oh yeah, you know, you as you said, you you get hurt after throwing four pitches. Yeah. Why, why should why should I lose my DH because my guy gets hurt in the first inning? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, yeah, there would be stuff to work out for sure. But, again, I like that baseball is actually trying shit. That, that's, they, they need to try something to make the game, like, a little more interesting or they're just going to keep hemorrhaging fans at this point. So, um, uh, my other article this week uh, by Will Salmon, baseball's rich, colorful, and sometimes profane history of the lineup card exchange. Oh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's too good. Oh, it's too good. So go go check that one out. I'm not going to spoil anything. But again, as Wes mentioned with uh, the other article, uh, it's just it's one of those deep, off the wall sort of dives that the athletic is so great at. So please go go check that one out. Um, all right, so that's, that's us pimping the athletic. We're going to hit the watch four now. Um, quickly, Wes, uh, what you what you watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Oh, every night this week, uh, uh, Milady and myself, Milady, I tip mm. my fedora as I say that, of course. Mm. Um, we are watching the Peacock original series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. Okay. 
Um, it is a six-parter. Um, it is. It all revolves around a 1992 interview with the infamous serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, this dude is so whacked out of his mind. It's it's crazy. But but he seems completely sane. But he's not in any way, shape, or form. Um, very well put together, as most of these Peacock originals that you're seeing are very mm-hmm. well put together. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give it to ESPN. I think ESPN with the 30 for 30 series, they kind of made the bold of the, um, of the new age documentaries. And, um, this is, this is a good one. It's a, it's a really good one. Um, on top of that, I I continue, uh, to, um, I'm getting through season six of Seinfeld on the (laughs) treadmill um, and, uh, continue to be subjected to watching the trailer park boys. Oh my goodness hilarious but anyway i just won't admit it so <laughs> there you go um i am uh i am finding it harder and harder to uh to not get spoiled on uh falcon and winter soldier so hopefully we are going to end up watching that one very soon um because uh, every every it's like almost every other day now like someone is vaguely alluding to it on Twitter and I'm just having to like scroll right past it. Like, nope, I don't want to know. All I know is there's one scene I keep seeing and it's just like a a repeating gif of uh, Zemo dancing in a club and I'm like, I don't don't, want to know why. I don't want to know why. I need, now as soon as it happens, I'm going to be like, oh. It's like, I need to know why, but I don't want to know why. I want to know when I watch the show. Oh man, so that's that's pretty great. Um, so yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll be getting to watch that soon. Um, but now Wes, let's hit the, uh, the our watch for top four of the week. And uh, oh. this week, thankfully, I, I I managed to get Wes the topic ahead of time, so he had time to think about it <laughs> a little a little more than oh, not yeah. at all. And this is a damn. Ungodly difficult ones, so yeah, we needed time. Um, this is going to be our top four, and I also I allowed myself two honorable mentions. You can allow yourself to have as many as you want, since I never really Thanks. specified that. Um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so we're going to count down our top four animated series of all time. Um, and so, Wes, uh, I will let you begin uh, if you want to start with your honorable mentions. So I have three honorable mentions and then a 4A and a 4B. Okay. <laughs> because there were, God. So my top four, I'm going to go ahead and start cheating because, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Mm-hmm. Um, my top four is a top five because I could not leave any of my top five out. Okay. I just found it utterly impossible. Ed. So anyway, um, but my three, uh, my three, um, Honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them I go absolutely old school, uh, and it is uh, it was my favorite cartoon as a kid, and that was uh, the GI Joe. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Love GI Joe, man. I mean, that was my go-to. Those were the little action figures I had. Uh, I had all the vehicles. I love I love GI Joe. Um, <laughs> I, I've I've tried to love the movies. They're not bad, <laughs> but they're they're what they are. But they're not bad. Um, <laughs> But man, they don't they don't touch that old cartoon. It was just amazing. And then two of them that I kind of like lower my voice and talk out of the side of my mouth when I say it because they're both so fucking horrible. And that is Adult Swim's own Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, I 
forgot about that one. And uh, in Squidbillies. Oh, man. I never liked Squidbillies. Two shows that I'm absolutely not proud of at all that I love, but... um. I yeah, and, and not only that, I watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force without smoking marijuana, which <laughs> apparently put a massive minority. Me too. Hey, you and me both. Then, but uh, I mean, I mean, how can hey, how can you just not love Carl? <laughs> Freaking Carl! I mean, Carl's amazing. Um, and then um, the the adventures of early Kyler on Squidbillies. Um, I mean, that shows it makes absolutely no sense. Mm. Yeah. It's stupid, it's profane, it's disgusting. And I used to get up like 20 minutes early before going to work just so I could watch it in the morning. So. <laughs> yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. You said you have an honorable mention if you want to knock that out and then we'll get into the meat of this. Sure, I will I will, I will. will also echo Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That wasn't even on my list. I had kind of forgotten about it. But I still have the DVDs, I think, of season three and season four. It's amazing. <laughs> it's such a, a good show. Fucking uh, Moon Men. Um, if, you, if you all have never seen, I don't remember exactly what the episode is called. Um, but it's the one where um, Shake kills himself and to, so he can haunt <laughs> Meatwad. And then they end up trying to summon a giant chicken. I, I, I swear to God, it makes sense in the arise, episode. Chicken arise, arise, chicken, arise, chicken, chicken arise. arise. Which is a phrase that I will just randomly yep. throw out every yep. day. Just, it has nothing to do. Or if I see a chicken, I just yeah. say arise, chicken arise, chicken arise, arise, chicken, chicken, chicken. Oh, 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 no. Oh, it's I so good. It. It's so dumb. It's so good. <sighs> Theme song is great. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Octane Hunger Force is great. My two. And one of them is one that probably would have been my top four 15 years ago. And then it got so cynical and, and kind and whatever. And I don't know if I changed. And so I had to drop it out of my top four, but it was too influential for me to completely not mention it all. And it's South Park. Um, You want to talk about profane. It is some of those early seasons are some of the best way of skewering every single person out there oh, yeah. no one was safe it was it was taking the simpsons to like level 12 um it was it is it defined in my in many ways i think it defined a generation of people's mm-hmm. humor and how they view the world uh, it was great i still remember the very first episode i saw was the one where jesus and his super best friends have to defeat david blaine um it's just it's amazing. Um, how do you kill a giant uh, Abraham Stone Abraham Lincoln? You kill him with a giant stone, John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, it all made sense. Yeah, South Park is great. Uh, I, I, at some point, it just got way too cynical, even for me, and I'm an incredibly cynical person. So I'm just like, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. But it was that wasn't until like maybe year fifteen of the show. So it had a great run. Um, and then my other one, and I swear, everyone, this is the only anime I'm putting on this list. Um, but it is Kill a Kill. It's the first anime I ever watched. It's amazing. It's hilarious. It's it's fighting everything you could want. Um, just massive fight sequences, humor, and the bad guys get it super hard in the end. And that's that's all you can really ask for with that. Um, and other animes I've watched have come close, and I've really enjoyed. But Kill a Kill was my first, so 
those are my two honorable mentions. So Wes, I will now hand it to you um, for your your fourth pick. And I'm I'm curious. I think we might have one overlap, but I think that'll probably at most we'll have one of the top four. Well, I, I already know one that we're not gonna overlap. Okay. So okay. okay, so I'm just gonna start with four A, four B. Okay. Um and. Honestly, one of these was actually a little higher up the list, but I'm going to put them together because um, they do have a uh, they do have a connection, and that's uh, the creator Mike Judge. I'm going four A Beavis and Butthead, four B King of the Hill. Mm, okay. Uh, I mean, you know, you talking about a show that defined a generation. I mean, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. I mean, has there ever been a cartoon that your parents hated more than Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> I mean, as to, I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble for trying to watch Beavis and Butthead at midnight, and my dad come out, damn it, I told you I to watch that stupid shit, turn it off and go to bed. Um, you know, Beavis and Butthead were like, they were the BMTV show that had, uh, like, the PCAA, whatever the hell they were, whoever mm-hmm. Tipper Gore and her mm-hmm. little minions were had them just absolutely furious at all times because they were so damn just idiotically stupid and moronic but my god that was a funny ass show and not only that but it completely opened us up to some of the like best and worst music videos ever yes yes um but yeah so beavis and butthead and then just to throw in with it I couldn't. I cannot leave King of the Hill off of this list. Fair enough, because King of the Hill is absolutely epic. I mean, we, Hank Hill. Hank Hill has probably taught me as much about life as my own father. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially the way that you treat someone who requests a, a well done steak. You, um, you politely yet firmly ask that person to leave. <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. Uh, you've got Dale Gribble, you've got Bill Dotry, you've got Boomhauer, and then you have the immortal Bobby Hill. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. I mean, I mean, who literally, like, th- there are two names. When you meet someone named Bobby, the two things that come to your mind immediately are Bobby Boucher and <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. I mean, I, I couldn't, I could not leave them off. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't leave either of them off. They're both too important. Uh, Mike Judge, you, you kicked ass and you blew it out of the park with two of the all-time greats. Absolutely. So we'll call those two my number four. The Mike Judge collection was my number four. Mm-hmm. Mike Judge, one, one of the maybe more underrated creators of all time. Uh, also, I believe was uh, he did Office Space and uh, Silicon right. Valley as well in the live yes, action camera. So yeah, Mike Judge. Wow, what a run. Um, my number four was also from that Fox block, and it's kind of like the OG. And I know I'm going to get some eye rolls for this, but it's fine. I'm going The Simpsons. Yeah, there's, I, and I know that means I have to bring in like the other t- 25 seasons of it that after like it stopped being good. <laughs> I understand that. But for what it was at the time, like it's the progenitor of, I think, so many of the cartoons we will talk about that said, no, 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 no. It's okay. A cartoon doesn't have to be Looney Tunes. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be that. It can be a little more adult. It was the first one that said, we can move the needle just a little bit more. And then shows like Beavis and Butthead and South Park 
took that needle and and, mm-hmm. and ran it ran with it. Um, so I think that it should right. get a lot of credit for that. And still, thank you Disney Plus. I can go back and watch any of those episodes from those first nine ten seasons and still find it hilarious. I still well, have. Go ahead. Almost any of them. Yes, there's. There's You're a, not finding Michael Jackson anywhere. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Any one that I can watch on there yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Um, don't don't get me started on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also like I follow a Simpsons quote of the day Twitter feed, and every Hell time yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that that episode was so hilarious. Oh my god, that was so, oh, such a great yeah. moment. Um, I mean, we still my, uh, one name producer Jack and I still do the um, the Aurora Borealis bit. Between um, between Superintendent Chalmers and Principal Skinner, um, where where no, mother, that's just the Northern Lights. <laughs> it's such a great, it's an amazing bit. I love it. Oh my um, God, it is. So I, I know Simpsons gets a lot of flack for for its later years, and I understand that. I will also say I think the Simpsons movie is better than probably a lot of people give it credit for, or or would yeah, expect it to be. I thought the Simpsons movie was actually quite good. Um, so yeah, I think The Simpsons is a really strong show. Again, just like watch up two and through season ten, but it's so good. It's so I think that those ten seasons make up for literally everything else that come after it. That's how good that those ten seasons are. Amazing show. So that's that's why even with all the baggage, it's still number four on my list. All right, all right. We 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 may be retouching that here in a. Okay. But, uh, okay. Um, my number three, and the, um, so the Milady, mm. once again, Tip Fedora. Uh, we were discussing this earlier because she does love her uh, animated shows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one I brought up is a a favorite of both of ours, mine and her. Uh, you as well. Uh, I don't know if it made your list, but you as well. This is this is a big one for all of us. Um. My number three is Archer. Yeah, that one's pretty good. And her and I, like I said, she's a big fan of Archer, but she said, and she said, I don't think you can put that in your top four because it's a very niche kind of comedy. A little bit, yeah. And I agree, but I said, well, you know, this is my top four favorite. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and And she made the comment that, she feels you're either an Archer person or a Bob's Burgers person. Mm. And I am not a Bob's Burgers person at all. Okay. Like, can't make it through an episode of Bob's Burgers. Really? Can't. Just, wow. Nothing about Bob's Burgers does it for me. Just, okay. Yeah, and I know that's kind of weird, but nothing does it for me there. Um, I think Archer may be the most intelligent animated comedy ever written okay okay. um i mean it is so deep the the cuts are so deep oh yeah i mean we both joked you know you don't really see archer until the second or third time you see an episode yeah and i mean i just i absolutely love it i cannot not laugh die laughing every time i see archer um there have definitely been some seasons better than others but my god i love that man i love that cast um, between Cyril and Krieger and Pam and mm-hmm. Cheryl and the late Mallory Archer. I mean, it is, it's so damn good. And the whole Archer 
And um, oh my goodness, for female lead all of a sudden. Lana? Lana. Duh. Jesus. Um, between the Archer Lana story from where it started to where it went to where it is now is just, it, it, it is a fantastic arc. And uh, as, I, as I told her, I said, this is my top four. And uh, Archer is my number three. Absolutely. And that's that's a super good call. Um, wow. I, I can't believe I didn't even think about Archer. Yeah, that's a really good call there. Um, no, no one... No one wrote in and out of scenes better than Archer. Every scene flows so well. Yes. Um, what that's and that's maybe some of my favorite jokes in the, in the entire thing. So and and the callback, the callback, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, and the foreshadowing of jokes, <laughs> and just the fact that it did bring phrasing in. Absolutely, I, I, I think that's a great call. Um, my number three, um, and this was, this was on Nickelodeon, um, after their initial start of like, it was like Doug and Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. One of the next ones to come out for Nickelodeon was Rocco's Modern Life. I love that show. The fact that a Nickelodeon cartoon show sent one of its characters to hell. And has them almost say the word hell. Like, it's, 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 they call it heck, but the, the character Heifer is like, wait a minute, heck? Don't you mean ha? And the devil guy puts the hand over his mouth and he's like, no, you can't say that. No, 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 no. So <laughs> I'm like, if a, a, a Nickelodeon cartoon is willing to go there, I am about it. There's so many great jokes. There's, um, one time Rocco is coming out of the water at the beach and a walrus comes out and says, boy, you've got a buoy in your pants, which is like, ha that's an erection joke. That's funny. Um, it, 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 it was really smartly written. The characters are great from Rocco being super nervous and neurotic to Heifer, um, being like this fun loving dumb cow who was raised by wolves, literally, <laughs> um, to Mr. And Mrs. Big Head, that's oh. the neighbors, um, to Filbert, you know, with the OCD. It's such a great cast, a lot of great stories, a lot of like fun little adventures. And I, I, that was easily my favorite cartoon as I was growing up. Um, so I give a lot of props to Rocco's Modern Life. It came out with a movie recently. It's, it's fine. Um, but the original cartoon run is, is phenomenal. So a lot of, lot of love to Rock's Modern Life at number three. For, for whatever reason, I don't know why this, this line has stuck with me for all these years from Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I saw this actual episode so many times. It's the one where Rocco has like $2 to his name mm-hmm. and they're having like a 99% sale at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And Rocco goes and they're in line and he's trying to get up to the line before the sale ends. And he's, he says something to a guy trying to get him. Oh, uh, Spunky, the dog had gotten mm-hmm. um, wrapped up as brand X meat or something. And he's trying to get the dog back, and he says, you know, um, the, the stuff they do that, it, it hurts sea mammals. And the guy online says, sea mammals? I have no use for sea mammals. If it was up to me, you could put them all on a big ship and float them out in the ocean and sink them. 
Sea mammals. <laughs> and it just, I was like, wait a minute, they swim, you yeah. fucking. <laughs> and then, of course, some guy behind him goes, my wife's a sea mammal. <laughs> and a brawl ensues. And, oh, and that's great. Like, I don't know why that, that line has stuck with me for like 20 years at this that's point. That's amazing. Like 20, it's just like, I'll put them on a boat and, <laughs> and sink them. Oh, that's amazing. That's... Yeah, that's, that's my rocket. Rocket was, rocket was fantastic. I, I thought Rocket was funny, but I didn't get it back then. And then I got older and I was like, oh, yeah. Rocket is filthy. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, man. Oh, man. So I guess uh, we're, we're up to number two now, huh? Mm hmm. Uh, so my number two, and this is one you touched on a little earlier. Um, I kind of hold it in a higher esteem because yes, while it has gotten a little off the rails mm-hmm. recently because everything has, my God, the things that South Park was willing to do. Yeah. They went there and passed. They them. went there. They go there. They, you know, they find the line and they just annihilate the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Cartman is one of the all-time television characters. Um, his his portrayal of uh, or his uh, his report he had to do about ginger kids still <laughs> has such a large influence on my life from a day to day. Considering the fact that I'm dating a redhead and yeah. she's a ginger kid with no soul every day of her life. Uh, the episode. Um, that I feel, you know, after 9-11, they, they were the first ones to go there about 9-11. Mm-hmm. And they basically, you, you said Looney Tunes, or they basically made it Looney tunes Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, with with uh, Osama Bin Laden chasing Eric Cartman. And at the end, Osama Bin Laden gets blown to hell, <laughs> which that was kind of, that was the first time that as America, we were able to be like, hell yeah, go to hell, Osama Bin Laden. You know, mm-hmm. we were able to get Bin Laden for the first time on South Park. <laughs> uh, was, was it worth it? It was what it was worth. But South Park, um, I've, I've always admired those guys in the fact that every single person is fair game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to admire Saturday Night Live about that, but that that's just not true anymore. <laughs> um. Park is fair game. If you're liberal, they don't care if you're a um, a a trans, gay, straight, uh, Asian, black, white, purple, Mexican. It doesn't matter. South Park is going to fuck with you and not give a shit. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always felt comedy, you know, to me, comedy is being able to take it and to be able to dish it. And I give them all the credit in the world for being able to uh, dish it. They take the criticism. They've taken it in stride over the years. They've done nothing but throw a big old middle finger up at their critics. And I've got nothing but respect for that. And for that, South Park is my number two. I I can't disagree with any of your logic there. Um, my number two 
is one I watched very recently, and I've talked about it on this podcast, um, and that is Gravity Falls, um, also uh-huh. also available on Disney Plus. Um, it's it's another show that is not afraid to be. It's clearly aimed at like almost teenagers, so it's not afraid to go a little farther than like your typical cartoon is. Um, and so I don't know if it was because of the pandemic and what we were all going through, um, but that show hit me much harder emotionally than a cartoon ever really has. And the end of that series is, I think the term bittersweet is is 100% applicable here. Um, I am not afraid to say I cried at the end of that series. It is it is amazing. It is funny. The characters are so three dimensional, and and the team of um, Dipper and Mabel are amazing as brother and sister. And I like I don't even have a brother and sister, but I feel like if you're someone who has a brother or sister and you're close to them, this show will probably destroy you. Um, it is, and it's still hilarious. It is frigging hilarious. And it is also a cartoon, not, not a lot of these cartoons every time I have them, but has an actual plot through its entire two seasons. Um, and that runs all the way through. Um, so I give it a lot of credit for that. The writing is very smart. Um, the characters, again, are very well voiced. The plots are funny. And then they get serious at the end. And I truly appreciate them for it. The only reason this show is not number one is because there's only two seasons of the show. But the great thing is that it is at least a complete story. So there's no cliffhanger, really. There's no, there's nothing like that. It is two seasons. It is a complete work. And I would seriously recommend anybody go watch Gravity Falls. Go watch it. It is, it is phenomenal, I thought. So I, I, I can't stop gushing about that show. That show's great. Um, you, you are you you are a gusher about it. I I, <laughs> man, I, I and no show has ever made me as a, no no cartoon has ever made me as emotional as Gravity Falls and very few other actual live shows have made me as emotional as that ending. That was oh that was an ending that was an ending. So yeah, uh, that that would definitely be my choice. But now Wes. Only one pick left for each of us. What is your number one? Uh, my number one also. Another one that you touched on a little mm. earlier. And I mean, it's it's kind of like it, it's the granddaddy of them all, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has, to me, the best television dad of all time. <laughs> um, it has the, the greatest villain of all time. Mm-hmm. It has uh, the greatest um, sidekick of all time, <laughs> uh, and and that's uh, that's The Simpsons. Oh, that's great. And I say I, I give it seasons one through twelve. Okay, yeah, that's with, fine. With the with the you know every once in a while since then they'll throw in a good one, but not oh, very yeah. often. Absolutely. Um, but I mean Homer Simpson is. Man. He he's an icon. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is an absolute icon. This dude has done it all. He's been there. He's seen it all. 
He's apparently grown up in like four different decades. <laughs> yeah, that's really um, he just he Homer Simpson is he is every man America, mm-hmm. and then he's just he's a complete moron and he's fucking hilarious. Um, the greatest television villain of all time, I think, in a landslide is the great C. Montgomery Burns. Oh, Monty! I mean, has there ever been a more hateful human being than Montgomery Burns? <laughs> no. I mean, just and, and and just so infinitely quotable. Oh yeah. Um, and also the fact that uh, he decided—I mean, the day he decided to um, bring in a team of ringers to play <laughs> in a company softball game—it's a great episode. <laughs> Uh, and, and still has no idea what sideburns are, mm-hmm. according to Don Mattingly. <laughs> um, and, and then on top of it, I mean, we, we all know Bart Simpson. We all know Eat My Shorts. Bart, oh, Bart, is a, Bart Simpson's an absolute icon of all time. But I think my absolute favorite character on The Simpsons, Bart's sidekick, <laughs> Millhouse Van Houten. <laughs> who, as you know, I basically, like... Like everything I say, trying to make a joke, basically plays off a of millhouse somewhere, oh, yeah. somewhere deep down along the way. Um, it it, uh, it it determines who I pull for in international football. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not those um, Dutch, mm-hmm. um, but the strong, well, no, a good strong Dane. <laughs> um, he bought Bart's soul once and yeah. would sell it back to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and and just the time he got the video game and was just so excited to put in his name as Thrill House. <laughs> but then there weren't enough letters, so it was yeah. just Thrill Ho. <laughs> Good old Thrill Ho. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, at the end of the day, number one is The Simpsons. It's not the sexy pick because, God, I mean, don't get me wrong, the last... 15 years have been pretty fucking abysmal. Sure. Um, but man, that show, that show has everything in it. I mean, my kid, I'm letting her watch episodes from seasons one through 12 only. Um, <laughs> she, she doesn't know it's been around this long, <laughs> but I mean, she loves it. It's just, it's one of those, man, you know, the Simpsons are amazing. And of course there's also Abe Simpson. I'll just leave it at Abe Simpson. <laughs> And I, and I will fade to black. Thanks, Fox. Um, so my my number one. Uh, I'm not sure actually how many people really know this show. Like, I think it was fairly popular, um, but it was on Cartoon Network, um, and that's the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. <laughs> This show, the entire premise of this show is that a, a boy and a girl are hanging out one day and they're, one of their, I think the boy's, pet, yeah, Billy's pet hamster dies. And so the Grim Reaper has come to take its soul and they say, we're going to play you in a game for the hamster's soul. And they beat the Grim Reaper and he becomes their like slave. And hijinks ensue for seven seasons. I, when I and when I say like we talk about you talk about Homer Simpson being dumb, Billy is fucking dumb. Like it is, he is an idiot. 
He is great. He is lovable. He is a fucking moron. And Mandy, the lead female character, is about as stone cold of a bitch as like a <laughs> nine or ten year old child can be. Just evil incarnate that makes the Grim Reaper scared. Um, they make such a great duo. They play off each other so well. And the Grim Reaper has like a weird Jamaican accent too. So, you know, of course. that's fun. Uh, and then there's all the side characters like Irwin and Haas Delgado and uh, Eris. Um, and, and just and there's the Secret Snake Club episode. There's, there's so many fantastic episodes and it's so dumb, but it has so much heart. I, this was if if Rocco was like the show I watched when I was very young and growing up that I loved that was my favorite. I didn't Grim Adventures of Billy Mandy came out I think when I was like in college. And again, this is like a Cartoon Network show. This is not an Adult Swim show. This is a Cartoon Network show, and I love it. Like you can have your SpongeBob. I know people in my generation really love SpongeBob. Ugh. SpongeBob is whatever. Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy is where it's at. That show is dumb, and I love it. If, if I think one of the best is the episode, uh, I think it's called My Fair Mandy, which is a My Fair Lady send-up um, where they try to get Mandy to smile because Mandy literally never smiles, and they get her in this beauty pageant, and they're like trying to get her to smile, and the episode ends with her smiling and it literally breaking reality. <laughs> This show went places and was not afraid to get weird. And I love them for that. So, yeah, go check it out. I, I, I have a hard time finding it anywhere. But if you can, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy is so much fun. Um, so that's that's my top uh, four. Um, also, shout-outs to uh, Clone High. I've never watched it, but people say it's really good. And... Um, you you talk about Beavis and Butthead made me think of that because that was another MTV show, uh, was Clone High. And there was one more I was going to suggest um, that we didn't talk about. And now I'm trying to remember what it was. And I, I think I've I think it's left the realm. But there's 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 plenty of other actually great cartoons out there and animate other animated series that we I'll didn't just, even mention. I'll, I'll I'll throw two out there. Sure. One that I know you were a fan of and um Milady. I gotta, I gotta find her a better name than that. That's yeah, just probably. makes me cringe when I say it as I tip my fedora <laughs> for the third time. It's fine. Um, she, uh, she actually mentioned she, she was a big fan of BoJack Horseman. Uh the, see that one. I, I, I know we went crazy with BoJack Horseman to the fact that we're just saying BoJack yeah. Horseman on football games. Yeah. After That's like a couple seasons, it's just too fucking depressing. It's it's great, but it is fucking depressing. Oh god! And and, well, and and then for old West, there's just you mentioned them, and I mentioned them too. There's the classic, uh, the classic Looney Tunes mm-hmm. for sure. That that was that was my joint. You know, all of them made back in the forties, fifties, and sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to watch anything newer than that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, give me the old ones. I fucking love me some Looney Tunes. I will drop this in there. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I can watch those all day. I will I will drop in. This isn't what I was thinking of, but I will drop these two in, and then I guess we'll wrap this up. Uh, Animaniacs was great. Oh, yes. And lesser known, but I think it was like the show that came after it, was a show called Freakazoid, 
which was like this weird like superhero nerd guy who turned into like an actual like lightning bolt superhero but it was super dumb <laughs> oh it's super fucking dumb um so yeah that that was really great so a bunch of great shows um oh, some i hadn't thought about in a while like aqua teen hunker force which is oh fucking hilarious um oh but yeah, so there you go. That's that's our watch for top four of the week. And uh, hey, if you have any animated series you love out there that we didn't mention, please throw them throw them in the throw them in the chat. Um, so yeah, that's gonna do it though for episode three six one of the Foreign Affair podcast. Um, as always, presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, you can find them on the social media as well as us. And that's where you can chat with us as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, as my cat walks downstairs. And you can also email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. And yes, I am downstairs tonight because it's still hot as hell in my third floor oh. office. <laughs> so hopefully Friday that will be fixed. Um, so yeah, also thanks to our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, so next week, uh, we will have more. Uh, we'll do a, you know, maybe a quick Champions League preview. We didn't do predictions today, so we'll, we'll throw some no, predictions no, 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 no. out next week. And, uh, hey, the, there's another week of Premier League action, as, along with midweek matches, as we barrel towards seeing who's actually going to make the top four. Uh, so many teams still left in, in it with a, with a real chance. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to get hectic. Uh, but Wes, before we get out of here tonight, anything else you want to add? Uh, the Boston Red Sox. Woo! Um, Major League Baseball has come out and said the Boston Red Sox are the first ever team to lose three or more of their first games of the season and then turn around and reel off nine straight wins. Really good. And folks, we preface that as the red hot Boston yeah. Red Sox. Yeah. It was Which were words that I did not think I would be uttering at any time this season. Well, it was like literally last week we were talking about them like, a, like man, they really bounced back after losing three straight to the Orioles and we're thinking it's already doomed. And now we're still in oh, the middle man. of the win streak. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally doomed. And today went a doubleheader against uh, the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday playing in the blizzard that was really freaking cool to watch um yeah i mean the red sox are hot man um you know else is hot the east carolina pirates are red hot they're up to ninth in the country and uh they're just they're buying stock and broom companies right now because the pirates are just sweeping everybody to the moon wes is this the year east carolina finally makes it to omaha it's got to be of course it is you know me. I'm I'm bizarrely optimistic. It's West Positive Bradshaw. You know me. I'm Mr. Positive. I'm not just positive. I can't be COVID nineteen positive. No, I have been vaccinated. Hey, there you go. Hey, uh, there you go. Hey, I got my first yeah, shot. I'm so positive. Yeah. Of course, Pfizer. You get yours. I got my first shot of Pfizer last Thursday. All so. right. Uh, you didn't die. Always a good start. Yeah, actually, it was super easy. Um, I will say this. So I know we're going over, but I don't care. Um, so, super fun story. Yeah. I was like, uh, so we switched to Duke Medical when we moved to our new house, and, and we wanted to switch doctors. So, we were both doing Duke Medical, and there's an office 15 minutes away in Holly Springs. And uh, so, that's where I initially signed up. Like, as the morning I could sign up, they already had spots available. I went online, signed up, boom, it was awesome. And then it looked after I got my check-in, and it was like, oh, it's the Johnson & Johnson one. 
And I was like, well, I mean, that's cool, but I, I think I'd rather have either Pfizer or Moderna, even though I have to go twice. It's better efficacy, yada, 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 whatever. So I rescheduled it, and the, unfortunately, the place close to us only had Johnson & Johnson. So I had to go actually to Durham to wh- where they had Pfizer. So I was like, all right, cool, that's fine. I figured it'd be like a hospital, like an actual Duke hospital. So all right, so made my appointment the same day, just uh, slightly later in the, in the afternoon. Great. Drive over there, drive over to Durham, heading down, making one last turn. I'm like, was seeing like a construction yard on my right. And it's like, what the hell am I? Drive slightly farther. And it's like, turn right into your destination. I'm like, what in the all of a sudden, I look out, and there's, like, it's, like, an abandoned fun park. And I'm, like, am I sure this is the right, what the hell's going on? And I look, I see signs. It's, like, COVID patient sign, or, or not COVID, uh, COVID vaccine sign, uh, whatever. You know, turn in here. I'm, like, okay. So, I go in park, and you go inside, and it's one of those places that have, like, the mini arcade and the roller skating rink in the middle. And I'm like, okay, I, I sure hope this, they're actually giving me a vaccine and not something else with a needle. Um, but I will say for as weird as it was, the actual process was fantastic. They gave me a card. They said, you can go have a seat over there and wait for your number to be called. All the chairs are spaced out. About five minutes later, they call my number. I go, I get signed in. Um, then I wait two minutes there. A nurse opens up on her station. I go over to her. She asks me just a few basic questions. Asks me which arm. I said left. She pops it in there and then writes on the card where I had my number, you know, what time I got it and the 15 minutes later when I can leave. They have another seating area. Fast, efficient, running like clockwork. Amazing. Uh, so as weird as it was, and there was also like Spanish music playing on, over a boombox Really weird experience, but everyone there was so efficient, so friendly. And then 15 minutes later, I was out. And for me, all it was was like a little bit of arm pain for like 24 hours. And then I was like completely fine. Fantastic. Green halfway to going to see Black Widow. Yes. Yeah. So the 27th, I believe it's that Tuesday. Yeah, that Tuesday, 27th, I get my second shot. And then two weeks after that, I will be good. And then, yeah, in July, I'm going to see Black Widow and then every other fucking Marvel movie that comes out this year because there's like five more. Oh, man. I'm excited. So. All the Marvels are this year. Yes. Um, So we'll be, we'll have plenty of time to talk about those, but we will catch you all next week. Uh, For my Colin Crime West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Affordable Fair Podcast. Until next time, stay, stay safe. There we go. And enjoy the football. And good night, Merseyside. It was a hell of a go at it, boys. Let's assault that top four. <sighs> assault. Assault. The original name of this <laughs> show. <laughs> You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. 
For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports, we never stop.